What's going on, everyone? Trevor Carlson here, host of the Formula Podcast, where we break down the elements of designing a fulfilling life. So really excited to bring this next episode to you. It's based on one of my favorite and one of the most impactful books that I've read. You've probably heard of it, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So this is going to be a two-part series where I share 14 points from the book that have really impacted my life and how I approach things on a day-to-day basis. And before we jump into those, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. The Formula Podcast wouldn't be possible without some pretty awesome sponsors that are willing to support the show. So the first sponsor has been with us for quite some time. That's Lady Boss. They provide women's workouts and health supplements to help women live healthier lives. Now, if you're interested in checking out any of their workouts or their supplements, go ahead and head to theformulapodcast.com and check out our sponsored products page. Now, our second sponsor just got started with us here recently. That's Liquid Web. Now, if you've listened to any of our episodes with like Adrian or Ketsu or anybody that's doing any type of drop shipping or e-commerce, Liquid Web has some e-commerce solutions to help you get a store up and running ASAP. And they were willing to actually give 33% off to people who listen to the Formula Podcast. So when you go to liquidweb.com and check out their products, make sure and type in Formula 33 when you check out to get 33% off. Big thanks to them for hooking us up and uh, keeping this show rolling. That's all from our sponsors. Now, let's do this thing. So Viktor Frankl was a Australian psychiatrist as well as a Holocaust survivor. So in the book, he really lays out his experience spending time in some of the more famous concentration camps as a prisoner, such as Auschwitz and a few others. He does such a good job of not only laying out some of the hardships that the prisoners in these camps went through, but also the opportunities they were presented into being basically the best versions of themselves in the worst situations imaginable. So let's just jump right in and start going over these points. This first episode will have seven points in them. And then part two, which will be coming out in a few days, will have the next seven. You can check the show notes to get the link to the next one once it comes out. So let's get started with lesson number one. Lesson number one from Man's Search for Meaning is you have the ability to choose how you respond. You always have a choice. You cannot always control what happens to you, what's going on. You know, maybe somebody pulls out in front of you at a stoplight or stop sign. You can't control that person's behavior, but what you can control is your response. You have a choice. Are you going to fly off the handle, yell, and have that thing that comes up just completely ruin your day? Or are you just going to let it go? Dr. Frankel does a really good job of laying out these situations taking place in, you know, these concentration camps during the Holocaust. Now, in my humble opinion, if these people in the worst conditions and in one of the worst scenarios in history can somehow choose how they respond and keep a positive attitude and stay in control of their emotions and stay in control of the things they can control, then I feel like at least me speaking for myself, I can do a better job or work towards maintaining the control of my responses to different situations that come up. Maybe it's a work thing where there's something that comes up with a client or a partner where I don't necessarily want to do the thing that comes up or it's it's something that I don't enjoy and I get upset because I just want to avoid the work or I dread the work. I can't control that the work needs to be done, but I have the control over how I respond to the work needing to be done. Am I going to approach 
it with a positive mindset and looking at it as a way for me to maybe learn a new skill set, to grow a little bit in that area, to develop some new skills. Maybe it's something I just have to do and it doesn't do me any good to dread it. But I can think of a few scenarios where I can do a better job of approaching it and controlling how I respond. So maybe there's a few areas where you could maybe respond a little bit better. I'm kind of thinking of, uh, I was riding in the car with my mom over Christmas time and somebody kind of almost ran into her. And I remember for the next few hours of the day, she was like, man, can you believe that guy? I can't believe that. It just kind of made me laugh a little bit. And I joked around with her how that little thing where she had really no control over that person doing it had such an impact on her day and how maybe she could have just laughed it off or, you know, just been like, well, what a jerk and then let it go. So maybe take some time and think about what types of situations pop up where, you know, you don't necessarily have control over the other person or the series of events that happened. Or maybe it's just something in your life that has been there this whole time that you couldn't ever control. And maybe think about how you can maybe change your response or control your response. So that's the end of lesson one. What I'm hoping will come out of this is that you will be able to list out these items, uh, these situations where you don't have control of the actual situation, but you have control of your response and you'll be able to take a step back and approach it a little bit differently. So let's move on to the second lesson. Lesson number two, success will find you because you forget to think about it. You get so focused on your craft that it just falls into place. This quote really stands out to me because I can't tell you how often in my life where I've thought about the result, where I've thought about how big of an impact, you know, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to be successful in this. I can't wait for my podcast to get a million downloads. I can't wait to get my first book deal. I'm working towards this success. And what this quote is telling me is that success doesn't really come to you because you think about it so much. It actually comes when you forget. When you just get so focused on the process, the process of you know producing a podcast, the process of developing my writing skills to write a book, the process of learning how to market myself, the process of becoming a more polished speaker in producing a podcast, all those things. Once I focus on those, everything else will fall into place, according to this quote. I agree with it totally, because if I think about every scenario where I was so focused on the result, where I was so focused on this thing happening, I felt like I lost track of what was going on right in front of me. But in the times where I just let the results take care of themselves and I just focused on the day-to-day process, that's when I felt like I've achieved the most success. And that could be, you know, I spoke at my first conference about a year ago and, you know, I didn't really think about, oh, I want to give the best presentation possible. I want to do to the best of my ability, whatever. It was just more that I focused on the process of, okay, well, first I'm going to put together the best proposal that I can to get into this. And now I'm going to think through how I can practice every day and refine my presentation, how I can work on my timing of my speech, how I can work on the script. And then when the day came for me to present it or to present my presentation at this conference, I felt like, you know, it was the easiest presentation I'd ever given in my entire life. Not because I focused on wanting it to be the best or easiest presentation, but because I focused on the day-to-day activities that would eventually lead up to me giving that amazing, well, at least in my mind, I thought it was an amazing presentation. Maybe people in the audience thought different, but I felt really good about it. So think about that in other areas of your life as well. So maybe it's exercise. Are you focusing on going to the gym every day and doing the best workout you can? Or are you thinking about, you know, six months down the road, I want to lose 30 pounds, and that's all you're thinking about is the 30 pounds. 
I believe that if just with a simple Google search, you can find a lot of different examples where they found that you're a lot more likely to achieve success in weight loss, goal setting, whatever it is, when you focus on the process instead of the end result. Take a few minutes and think about how you can look at the process that you're working on right now, or maybe look at the goal that you want to achieve and think through what you would need to do on a daily basis that would get you to that goal in the time frame that you have allotted. And then I would just throw out the date on it totally, and I would just focus on the actual day-to-day process and improving that as best you can, because you never know, you might actually hit the goal even sooner than you think. Let's move on to lesson three. Love is the ultimate and the highest goal to which man can aspire. I think that a lot of times we lose sight of love and compassion, not just for yourself, but for other people. And it's easy to think about, you know, I want to make more money. I want to get more followers on social media. I want to accomplish all these things. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're 80 years old, you think that you're going to look back and say like, man, I wish I would have made more money. Man, I wish I would have had more posts on Instagram. Man, I wish that whatever it is, more email subscribers. I think about when I'm going to be laying on my deathbed someday, hopefully much much farther in the future. I want to look back and be proud of the decisions that I made. Did I live an impact? Did I live life on my standards? Did I love myself and did I love other people? I don't think I'll ever be laying there thinking about accomplishments or things that I missed out on. Probably be more or less like the time that I spent with other people I care about and how I spent my time. Was it doing things that I love and I wanted to do or was I living my life on someone else's terms? If you think about your life and you don't think that love is the ultimate and highest goal, which you can aspire at this point in time, how can you rebuild or recreate that situation where you're 80 years old laying on your deathbed and think about the choices you're making now from that perspective? Is that something that you would be proud of? You know, are you choosing to love people in your life? You're choosing compassion or are you choosing something else? And if that's the case, how can you move more towards that ideal life? Let's move on to lesson number four. No man should pass judgment unless he asks himself in absolute honesty whether in a similar situation what he would do in the other person's shoes. Oh, I hate talking about politics, but if you look at the current political climate, you look at social media, you look at all of these things, there seems to be so much judgment and resentment and distaste and dislike. And, you know, everyone has an opinion over something or someone's behavior. Have you ever taken a second and thought about what you would have done in that exact situation and if it would be the same thing? I mean, do you have enough information to make that choice? When I start to think about that, like I might, you know, I'm definitely not perfect. I've definitely looked at something on social media or seen someone do something in real life and been like, what the hell? What's wrong with them? I can't believe they would do that. And then when I have a spare moment to think, ask myself, you know, what would I do in that situation? Would I do the same thing? Sometimes the answer is yes. And then I'm like, I'm being a little harsh or being a bit judgmental. And I need to back off, you know, and I need to be more compassionate and be more kind. Next time before you react, or even myself, this is probably advice I need to follow just as much as anyone else. Next time before I react or you react to any of these things and start to pass judgment on someone based on their behavior, you know, I need to ask myself, and maybe you should ask yourself as well, what would I do in that person's shoes? And is it any different? Let's move on to lesson number five. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken away from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. What Dr. Frankel is referring to here is, you know, the Jews in the concentration camp having everything taken away, their family, their freedom, their right to choose like what they're eating, how they're spending their time, their right to choose whether they live or die today. Their lives could be ended at any moment. 
what he's saying is they're left with one thing, and that's their attitude. They get to pick how they approach every day. They can choose to approach it with dread, or they can choose to approach it as a beautiful day, an opportunity to be alive one more day, and the possibility of being reunited with their loved ones. If people in these types of situations can have that power to choose, why can't we? No matter how bleak things look, no matter how difficult the challenges that we face. I know I'm saying this with, I have a lot of privilege in my life. I have a lot of good things, very fortunate. I don't want anyone to think that I don't understand how incredibly lucky I am to be born where I was with the, you know, the skin color that I was born with and in a relatively safe place with a stable family. So I understand how extremely, extremely lucky I am. At the same time, if we look at the people at, that were in this situation, one of the worst situations in modern history, and they have an option or choice to choose, and some are choosing to be grateful and be empowered and be the best versions of themselves, why can't we also strive for the same things, whatever the challenges that we face are? My challenge to myself and to anybody who's listening to this is to think about how you approach every day and thinking about the attitude that you approach these situations with. I should probably check myself on something that I was talking about today, where I was like, man, I can't believe I have to do this thing over again. I can't believe I messed it up. Oh, everything is the worst. When in reality, I should be extremely grateful just to have the opportunity to have done it in the first place. It's not every day that people get to live the same lifestyle that I do, where I live out of a backpack and travel around and work from coffee shops and co-working spaces in different countries. So even though I have this minor mistake that I made that I have to rework, I'm still extremely fortunate and very lucky to have the life that I live today. So maybe take a few moments and ask yourselves how you can approach different challenges or situations in your life with a little bit of a different attitude that you have control over instead of one that's being pushed upon you. Let's move on to lesson number six. Every person has the right to choose whether they are worthy of their suffering or not. Now, this one's a little bit more complicated because what Dr. Frankel is referring to is having some purpose for the suffering. In his mind, his main goal was he wanted to see his wife alive again. He didn't care what he had to do. He daydreamed every day about seeing her face. No matter what suffering he had to go through, for him, it was willing to do it if at the end he got to see her. Now, unfortunately, he didn't know this, but she had already passed away. He didn't find out until after he was released, so that had to have been heartbreaking for him. Thinking about what's the suffering you're going through on a daily basis. I'm sure it's not that type of thing, but is the suffering that you're going through, is the prize at the end of the tunnel going to be worth it? Are you worth it? Is the goal, you know, something in the fitness world where you're going through all of this suffering, so at the end you're going to go win some like weightlifting competition, right? Or maybe it's you're training in jujitsu and you're going through a lot of different camps and you're training every day, you're getting your workout regimen down, your diet regimen down. Are you going to be worthy of the suffering? At the end of this journey, at the end of that challenge, are you going to be worthy of it? Let's move on to number seven, the last one in this episode. Lesson number seven, suffering is an opportunity for achievement. You know, I think about the first business I started was a food cart company, and that was a complete <laughs> train wreck disaster that did not go very well. But it was an opportunity for me to learn and to improve to the next business that I started. And, you know, that one didn't work out either. It went much better than the food cart one, but it still didn't work out. And I look at the next one after that, it went even better. It was half a win, kind of. But it wasn't a huge, huge like windfall for me or anything like that. It was more, the first one was really bad, but I learned. The second one was a little less bad. 
and I learned, and the third one was kind of a success and I learned, and now I'm on another one. And, you know, I've been working on that business for over a year. It's still alive. It's still running really well. The podcast has been running for two years. If I hadn't had those failures and those lessons learned, I would not have had, and really suffering. Like it was not fun when things were going like shit. I mean, I remember people that were supposed to be my friends saying things along the lines of like, you know, why don't you go fail at another business? Or or sometimes I just didn't have any damn money. You know, people would want to do things. I'm like, I can't, I don't have any money. And, you know, why don't you just do something normal like everyone else? I definitely suffered. It wasn't a suffering that I wasn't willing to go through because I had faith at the end of the day in myself that I would eventually figure this out and I would eventually build a business and a life that I was proud of. And I knew that I had to go through all of this stuff to get there. And it was not fun. Some days I just wanted to quit more than anything else. I mean, I was already on the path. If you think about it in like exercise terms as well, when I've been in the best shape, it's usually because I went through months and months of suffering, whether that was through going to exercise classes every single day, eating healthy foods and skipping out on things that I wanted to be having like pizza and you know, maybe having some beers or wine. I was having to skip out on all those things so I could eventually get into physical shape that I was proud of. So think about the suffering that you're going through and look at it as an opportunity. Where is it leading you? Is it useless suffering where, I mean, there's really nothing that can be achieved through it? Or is it something where, hey, you know what? I tried to start this business. Hey, I tried to start this ad campaign. Hey, I tried to get this book deal. It didn't work out. And you're suffering because it didn't work out. Maybe you lost money, lost time. Uh, Maybe you feel like you looked foolish. This is an opportunity to take a look at what happens and break down what you have control over. Let's use a book deal as an example. Maybe you cannot control that the book deal was rejected, but you can control what you presented to that publisher. You can control a lot. You can control how you wrote the book proposal. You can control all those things that lead up to whether or not you get the book deal. Then taking a step back and looking at how you can improve in each one of those areas, that can make your suffering an opportunity. So I hope that you're understanding what I'm saying here, where not to say that you should should try to suffer, but you should take the time when you are in a point of suffering and try to think through what you can learn from it, how you can prevent this type of situation from happening again. Me personally, I would make a list of everything that I have control over, and then I would say like, okay, how can I improve on this for next time? Or how can I improve on this for right now? I Point by point, I would do that. And it sucks to really have to take the step back and be like, what did I have control over? I was partnered up with two guys and we were all friends at the beginning. One of them at one point in time decided to start stealing from the business. And so we ended up, you know, taking him to court and it was just a giant mess. And at first I was just mad. I couldn't believe that this person did this. I was a victim. I lost a bunch of money. I lost other people's money. It was just not a fun experience. And then I remember taking a step back one day and telling myself that if I kept repeating this story, I was never going to move forward. I was never going to move past this. So I started to look at what things I had control over. Now, I couldn't control that he stole money. I couldn't control his behavior, but what I could control was mine. I could control who I choose to partner with in the future. I could control what types of businesses I got involved in in the future. I could control how the money management was set up internally so no one had as much free will as he did to be able to steal money for as long as he did. So there was a lot of things I had control over. So I started thinking about that. Where did I mess up with the partnership? Well, I didn't really understand a lot about business and I kind of leaned on this person to really help me. I just had some money to put in and I wanted to be a business owner. So I trusted him. So I knew that I needed to educate myself to become a better business person, to understand how companies work. I took that time and I invested in learning. 
And that allowed me to get involved in my next one. I mean, if I can take a step back in that type of situation and look at the things I can control and how in simpler situations where maybe it's a breakup, right? So maybe somebody ended a relationship with you. You don't have control over them leaving, but I mean, you have control over your own actions in the relationship. So maybe it's taking time and thinking through how you acted. Were you living up to the best of your ability in that relationship? I kind of rambled a long time for that one. So hopefully something good out of that. That is all for point number seven or lesson number seven. We'll be sharing the next seven lessons in the next episode. So that's all for this week's show. I look forward to you tuning in to next week when we we share the final seven lessons from Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning and look forward to chatting with you then.